the most important thing you could share with me today is your perspective. Because the freedom of perspective fuels the logic we use to defend truth. We never stop fighting for freedom and truth, and that is what makes us Americans. Welcome to Critical Thought with Noah Chalaya. KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Good morning. It is 939-6200 daytime high today, 76. 775-5559, the number to join us. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Hi. Uh, this is completely random. I just tuned on or turned on the radio, but I'm driving through downtown Grand Forks. Can I just say how beautiful the hanging baskets are and to just thank whoever is in charge of um, getting those put together every year, um, and just the, the workers who are keeping them watered. They are just simply gorgeous, and I think so many people coming downtown um, daily and even on the weekends, I think, um, have a great appreciation for the work that goes into those baskets. So um, thank you to whoever is in charge of that. They're just gorgeous. Yeah. Thanks for starting us off with a positive comment. I appreciate it. 775-5559, number to join us in call or text that same number. Email us live at knoxradio.com. So, 23-year-old guy decides he wants to go into a career where he's going to make a difference. He's looking at available job opportunities and says, so he's been in the National Guard, and he has a particular call to service. That's different from just wanting a job to show up at, right? There's a big difference between... I just wake up in the morning and I say, I want a paycheck to be deposited into my bank account. And so they ask me to do make widgets. And so I can make widgets. And so I show up and I do widgets. I don't really care about widgets. I just show up because the money keeps showing up in the bank account. It's different. It's different from somebody who wakes up every morning with a purpose and is in search of that purpose. So this 23 year old guy, who has already answered the call to service in the National Guard and has been deeply rewarded with it and and decides there's nothing in it for him to sit behind a desk all day. Because if he does that, he knows he's going to be wondering every day, what am I doing? And and am I actually making a difference? Does, Does what I'm doing even matter? So he applies to the Fargo Police Department. And he's kind of a jokester and he makes everyone laugh around him. And so he fits right in to law enforcement. And his previous military experience gives him kind of a leg up. So he's three months in to being a cop. And he gets a call. There's a crash at the intersection of 20, 25th Street and 9th Avenue South in Fargo. How bad is it? Ah, there's one person with a bloody nose. So this is not... I better prepare for the worst. I better, you know, put on all the vests and and helmets and flashbang and all the rest of it. This is, you're going to help somebody. Somebody got into a traffic accident. Happens every day. Every city across America, somebody gets into a car accident. This doesn't seem like that should be a dangerous situation. And oh, by the way, you work in Fargo, North Dakota. About as far removed from 
big city violence and big city problems as you can get, right? So you show up to a crash where there's a person with a bloody nose. So your preparedness maybe has a box of Kleenexes. And you show up to the site to help people who got into a car crash, get the cars off the road. If there is if there is some small injury, help the ambulance get, you know, coordinate, get traffic so it doesn't get any worse. Because sometimes what starts as a small accident, all of a sudden comes somebody comes flying in, they're not paying attention, they're texting on their phone, that sort of thing. Your mind is all over the place with things of like, how how could something that is going to be routine turn into some sort of a tragedy? And it probably goes places like, need to make sure that traffic isn't going to crash in. Got to make sure that we slow things down here if they, we're getting into the busy. Certainly want to get all this wrapped up before 5 o'clock traffic starts rolling in, people start getting off of work. All those things probably go through your mind. You know what probably doesn't go through your mind? Probably doesn't go through your mind that on your way to help some people that got into a traffic accident, that a 37-year-old man is going to get out of his car and open fire on you with the semi-automatic rifle. He's sworn in as, as a law enforcement officer, this 23-year-old kid, and three months later, he's dead. And his field training officer shoots and kills the suspect, and thereby ending any possibility that we'll ever know for sure why a guy shot the people coming to help him. So my question to you this morning at 775-5559, what's changed in our community? How do we keep officers safe? How many of you have kids or have relatives that want to go into law enforcement? And what do you tell them? Used to be a noble profession. It used to be you would get to a point where you'd say, yeah, I want my, I'm proud of my son or I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of my nephew. I'm proud, whoever it is, you're proud of that person for going in and answering the call to serve and going into this very noble profession. Would you still encourage it? Might wake up dead. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Say no, I think you're wrong. You're incorrect. Fargo is a war zone. They had a race ride down there in 2020. And, uh, you know, all these things, you can tie them together. There was two that were sentenced in the Bismarck drug killing. The guy was from Detroit. One got 15 years, one got 20 years. The Grand Forks murder of a police officer by Salama Pendleton. He got sentenced to life with no parole for killing police officer Cody Holt. That was uh, May 2020. Mm-hmm. There's also, um, he was selling marijuana. Two deputies were wounded. And recently, there's two sentenced in Polk County for drug dealing. You know, all these people, my theory is they're gang members from Chicago and Detroit are coming to North Dakota, specifically Fargo, to sell drugs. And uh, there's a theory now that the, the murder of the police officer in Fargo was retaliation for um, two were sentenced 
in Polk County for dealing in drugs. And, uh, you know, all these people, they have the same connection. They're all drug dealing. They're all part of Black Lives Matter. And they're all black Muslims. I ran into these people. You know, in hold Nashville. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so hold on. I, I, first of all, where did you get the? Where did you hear that theory? If you don't mind me asking. KFGO. Oh, okay. Interesting. So here, here, and, I just want to. I just want hold on. I just want to respond to this whole Muslim. So here's the deal: there are good and bad people everywhere, right? Bad people were in the country. Don't lo- defend these guys. Don't defend these guys. You know. A cop was shot and killed, and two were were wounded. We had one police officer shot and killed in Grand Forks, and two were wounded. Okay. Don't defend these so, these people. They're not local. You know, here's the here's the first names: Mohammed Bakarat, age okay. thirty seven. So would it be better if his name was Jim? Was if if he was a white guy and his name was Jim, would that make the situation better? Don't change the subject. The other guy was Salomon Pendleton. Uh-huh. Who shot Cody Holty? Huh? There's a pattern here. They're not local. First of all, Solomon Pendleton, so far as I understand, Chicago. has lived in Grand Forks for years. Yes, he had darker skin, but that doesn't make him not local. His first name, Solomon, gives you a, a hint of what he's up to. Dude, my last name is he, Chalaya, and I was born here in Grand Forks. Why, why are you trying to defend these guys? These guys I'm are not, criminals. Sir, I'm not They're defend- drug dealers. They're killers. I'm Goodbye. not defending. I appreciate the call. I'm not defending them as people. I'm not defending their actions. I'm not defending what they did. What I'm saying, sir, is that there is good and bad everywhere in the world. So the idea that we would take a brush and go, well, this guy's name is foreign. So that must that that doesn't that. To me, that detracts from the conversation because it starts us down a track of, well, if if Muhammad had stayed in, yeah, I don't know where he's from, but you know, if he had stayed in Somalia, would that mean that now Jake would still be alive in Fargo? You can ask those questions, and I get that that's the emotional draw to get there. But I I think it's important to kind of take a thirty thousand foot view and go, whoa, 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 whoa. We could go into any inner city Chicago and find people that were born and raised in Chicago that have very normal American names that still do really terrible things. So I, 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 I really, I really struggle to, I think we need to stop short of saying, well, his name is Muhammad and that I no seven seven five fifty five fifty nine. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Hi. I think what it also comes down to is, um, the moral decay of our society and you know you get in situations and you're broke and you're desperate and you're stupid and then you just begin to get further and further into immoral choices and um, KFGO is having a big um, program about this this morning and and no police officers are tremendously awesome people and those firefighters that came to that scene, they're lucky that they aren't dead. So I think um, to go into the, a law enforcement career is a very noble profession and it's um, people appreciate police officers and firefighters and those who, who are um, coming to the aid where, where we're in a crisis situation and they're the ones first in. 
would you want your kids going into to law enforcement? You know, I feel if they felt that that was what they wanted to do and if they felt like, you know, like Jake, you know, I want to make a difference. I want to um, help people. Yes, every day, you know, we get out and we should be, we should, every day is, is there's kind of a risk to it. You know, you get out and you do your best and, and, and I just feel that um, it goes back to, you know, at what point does a person, you know, come upon an, an accident and, and decide, oh, I'm going to take out my AK whatever, okay, and where did he get that assault rifle, okay, in the first place? And then what would prompt a person to feel that I need to then kill these police officers? So I know there's probably more to it, and it, well, I'm sure will all be revealed at some point, but... Um, you know, it's very sad, and, and it's just, I think, as a society, we have to, we can't control everything out there, but we can control ourselves, and we have to just, you know, whatever whatever we need to do to be kinder and, and more appreciative and more caring, we need to do that. And, you know, there is evil in the world, and we just need to um, be better. And, and But again, I think it goes down to just people are, you know, desperate and then you get into the drugs and everything else, and it's very sad. And what is the solution? Well, this was not a gun thing, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to come and say ban guns. This is not a gun thing. This is a mental health issue. This is um, drugs or whatever, whatever else he was involved in. So it, it's a it's a bigger issue. Um, but it's, it's kind of sad how society is going, and I think we have to just, you know, um, realize there is good in the world and we have to have to realize that and um i think the police officers and the and the first responders they are awesome thank you 775-5559 you're on knox good morning good morning noah so here is my view of this as somebody who represents people charged with criminal offenses virtually exclusively there's three categories of people i've found there is what i call the accidental criminals that would be like you or i you or I go and do something stupid, we get in trouble, we probably learn right away, you never see us in the system again, we go about living our lives. That's probably like 40% of people who commit a crime. Okay. There's another group of people that I would tell you is probably another 40%. That 40% of people is the people who are nonviolent, they're repeat offenders, but it's just because they're uh, not the best at decision making, okay? They might uh, possess drugs. They might do some petty crimes. They're probably not a real risk. You probably wouldn't care if they were over at your house, but they're going to get arrested every couple of years. That's the life they live. And then that other 20% is career criminals. They will oftentimes identify themselves as a criminal. Like if you ask them what they do for a living, they'll literally say, I'm a criminal. They have no regard for anybody else. They don't care if they shoot you. They don't care who they hurt. And they will do whatever they want to do to try and save their own hind, even though they're incapable of doing it. They tend to be extraordinarily low IQ. Those are usually the people that are involved in these shootings because people with a higher IQ have a better cost-benefit analysis. I would submit to you that I would never suggest that somebody be a law enforcement officer today because, in my opinion, we have a general decay of morals in society that has led to more people taking that route of that dangerous 20% because they don't feel the social pressure that used to exist not to. I would also point out that the law enforcement officers today 
oftentimes lack adequate training. You have police departments, sheriff's departments, municipal departments that are just hard up for officers and security personnel. And frankly, some of them, I'm not saying this was the case with people in Fargo, but frankly, some of them will take anybody breathing who walks through the door. And so what you end up doing is you have a group of untrained people in a dangerous situation and people get hurt when you don't have proper training, when you don't have proper preparedness, and when you don't know what to do. And I think that is the main reason I would tell somebody not to be an officer today. A lot of the officers, we call it a professional force, but a lot of them are not professional. And a lot of them don't know what to do. And in a situation where they should be taking control, will become panicked and just do what their first instinct is, rather than like a military unit work in unison to accomplish whatever their mission is that day. And so I think you have these two things converging. While we continue to have the largest surge of drugs moving over our southern border in the history of the United States, and that creates a huge opportunity for people to make money much faster doing illegal things, and that leads to them being willing to do violent things to preserve that way of life. Because frankly, Noah, a lot of people would rather answer to the police or rather answer to going to prison then have to go back and explain to somebody higher up why they got caught. Well said, sir. I, I appreciate your input as always. 775-5559 number to join us. You can call or text that same number. Email us live at knoxradio.com. We'll take the last break of the hour. We'll pick this up on the other side. This is Critical Thought on KNOX. Thirteen ten KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Good morning, 10.06-64 out daytime high, 76. We're talking about the one officer killed in Fargo, two others critically injured in a shooting that also left the suspect dead. Police say that a civilian was also wounded during the shooting just before 3 p.m. on Friday near the intersection of 25th and 9th Avenue North. Witnesses says a man opened fire on police after officers shot him. They were responding to a traffic accident. The injuries as reported was somebody with a bloody nose. And an officer's dead. So my question to you at 775-5559, what's changed in our culture, in society? It, it, I used to tell people, the reason I live in North Dakota is nothing bad really ever happens. Like we have like one murder a year. And here it is now since 2020, you have two cops dead. So what's changing? And then a follow-up to that is, how do we keep these officers safe? Because if something doesn't change, eventually there's not going to be anybody there to respond to the call. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Well, I just think it's the respect. I don't, I don't think that, especially the younger ones have the respect that we were taught in our generation to have anymore how about respect for human how about respect for human life like here's the reality that you can't i'm not even necessarily convinced that 
the guy sitting in his car even understood the ages and or backgrounds and or qualifications of the officers that are getting out of the company. Mean, essentially, they get out of their car to come help at a freaking traffic accident and the guy starts spraying them with bullets. That to me is yeah. we're, we're, we're down in the level. We're down in the in, in the in the in the depths of a basic lack of respect for human life, let alone respect for law enforcement and the badge and all the rest of it. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, because um, there has to be something mentally wrong with you to go from zero to 100 in, you know, that that little frame of time. As far as your your question of going into law enforcement yeah. in in general. Yeah, so, would you support your kids? Well, so this is an interesting question because so on my husband's side of the family, um his brother and his nephew are both both police officers. Um and then I have a nephew who is also um a firefighter and so I have, I have a couple different aspects going on, um, and now a um, well nephew-in-law who is also a firefighter. So um, my brother-in-law actually is on his way into retirement here shortly. He has been um, involved in law enforcement for over 30 years, but I do know that it kind of I think there was a period there when his son got involved that. You know, at least family-wise, I, I I don't know how much it was necessarily. I, I guess here, here's 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 my question, and I don't mean to rush you along, but I just I've got a couple other callers I need to get to. But my question is: so your family is involved in some of these very needed services. The problem with firefighters, EMS, police, all the rest of it is nobody thinks about them until the second that they need them, and then they better be three minutes or less away, or we're pissed because I pay their salary and they show up, and so. My question is, do, as a person who has family members that are doing this, do you worry about them? And if, as they're going into this stuff, do you support and say, hey, yeah, I think that's still a good profession for you to be in. I'm still happy that you're there. Or is it, you know, you've gotten to the point where we just don't respect police officers. I kind of wish you'd get out so that I can have you around. Well, I know that there was, um, I guess, you know, I'll say when the youngest one went in, that there was concern um, that people wish that he would have done something else, but the the desire to want to do it because you have family members that have done it and you want to follow in those footsteps and you have the desire to serve because other people in your family have have done so mm-hmm. is is pretty strong. But do you worry about them going out every day? Um, he's got a brother that worries about that, a mom, um, a wife, uh, you know, everybody in the whole entire family, because, that, you, because situations it, like this, you just don't know when they're going to happen. Right. And people, people will call it routine to a police officer. There's never anything that's routine about anything that they go out on. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think this really exemplifies that, right? I mean, if ever there was something that should have been routine, it should have been a guy showing up to a traffic accident. Makes you wonder if something else wasn't afoot. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Noah. How was your day? I'm doing, well, I mean, had better ones, I suppose, given the news, but what you got for me? So, uh, 
first of all, condolences to all the families affected by this. It's a big tragedy when these things happen, when anybody dies. But, I mean, this is just a scary thing, especially in North Dakota. But since no one else said this, I'm going to say it. Maybe I'm making a mistake, and I'll preface um, my point after I make this point. Where were these two people from? The, the person that killed uh, Mr. Holty and the mm-hmm. person that killed Mr. Uh, what was his last name again? Um, uh, Wallen was his last Walleen, name, correct? yeah. Mm-hmm. Jake Walleen. Okay. Um, the two murderers that, uh, that killed those people, they were not from North Dakota. And I don't even think they were even from this country. And that's not a shot towards immigrants. I'm a child of an immigrant, and I have friends from about every culture you can imagine. Um, this isn't a racist statement. This is more of a statement on where people come from and their culture might be. If I'm not wrong, I think they're from Somalia, and there's been a lot of people from Somalia coming in. This isn't against people from Somalia. It's just a question. When people from different cultures, necessarily ones from maybe third-world countries, come here, maybe it's a difficult culture adjustment, and things there are normal. That's a scary thing when people like that come through. And the second question is, I bet you, or do you really think he got that gun legally? Because I bet you a whole paycheck that he got that gun illegally. So I don't he, know how he would get it. Here, here's, here's what I would say to you. This is more approachable than the last guy that kind of brought something like this up. So, so first of all, the, there is truth to what you're saying. If you bring everything that is over there, over here, then here becomes there. So if we import savagery and lawlessness, then we will experience savagery and lawlessness. That part of it is true. So I accept what you're saying there. I believe Pendleton, and I haven't looked into it in detail, but my understanding is he was here the vast majority of his life. I knew people that knew him when he was growing up. So I don't know that he I don't know that he's, you know, some foreigner that came here, all the rest of it. But even if he were and this guy certainly, you know, by all accounts probably is. But I guess my question is, at the end of the day, why does that matter? Or are you saying that's what's changed is we used to be a country that, you know, didn't have this and, and now we do. But then the question becomes, haven't we always been a country of immigrants? And so there's clearly something that's changing from the standpoint of violence, isn't there? Yes, we, we're always a country of immigrants and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes us who we are, different cultures. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. But there are certain countries where lawlessness is normal. And sometimes, you know the phrase, you can take the uh, kid out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the kid. This is just food for thought. This isn't racism at all. I'm probably the least racist person you'll probably ever talk to, but it's just a question we have to ask. It's not an excusable one, and I'm not trying to divert the subject, but maybe I even made a mistake calling in and bringing it up. No, I, I don't think so. I think it's I think it's a valid question to ask, right? And I, I promise you, you are not the first person that is sitting there thinking to yourself, geez, if Muhammad had stayed in whatever country Muhammad was born in, I wonder if Jake Walleen would still be alive today. And the answer to that question very well might be yes. Yeah, but there's a lot of grieving to be done because of this. So many people affected. It's always a tragedy. Uh, when these things happen, especially he shot uh, shot uh, at uh, EMS workers and firefighters. I mean, that's See, just insane. Th- so, I, and I, I appreciate it. We're going to get into that a little bit more. That's uh, there, I my, my my terrible cynical mind questions if something more isn't afoot here. Seven seven five fifty five fifty nine. You're on KNOX. Good morning. I just I just got one question. I haven't been able to understand the the the. Uh, train of thought here, what's going on with 
the accident, was this shooter involved in the accident, or did he pull up to the accident after everybody was accumulating? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't have anything in front of me from a news source that suggests one way or the other. So I can't answer that question to you. However, logic tells me that he was involved in some way. And I'm choosing those words very carefully. He was involved in some way. Because it's less likely for me to believe that a guy driving around with a gun in his car, which by the way, why did he have a rifle in his car? Driving around with a rifle in his car and all of a sudden happens upon an accident, waits for the police to show up and then start shooting that, that doesn't jive for me. Involved in an accident and tempers flared? Sure. If I'm being a bit more cynical, Involved and or caused an accident and or, I don't know, ambushed these police officers. It's weird that he would shoot at EMS workers. Makes you wonder. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Um, I think I, I heard in an interview with the police officer when they uh, were, were talking about it, said that the guy was not involved in the accident. Okay. So he was just there. Just there. And so one has to think that he didn't probably even recognize that there was an accident and just thought the police were there for him. So he might've been wanted somewhere else for something or was in the process of doing something that he thought he got caught at. Huh. That's, that's what I think happened. That's an interesting take. I appreciate the call. 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. I heard the same thing, that he wasn't involved in the accident, but also I heard he drove up and got out and started firing. So I wonder if this explains the FBI's involvement with this case, because one of the things I was talking about with a colleague this morning is, so you have a traffic accident, Fargo Police Department, more than capable of handling that. It escalates into a shooting. Well, Fargo Police Department, probably capable of handling that. But if they get in over their head, North Dakota BCI, very much capable of handling that. Why is the FBI involved? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I appreciate the call. 775-5559, number to join us. You can call or text that same number. Email us live at knoxradio.com. Text messenger says, Keeping officers safe is the utmost importance, but only a symptom of the problem. You have to get to the root of the issue. Mental health resources, better and stricter gun laws would start to get help and help keep guns out of the people who use them to hurt people. I find the gun control argument to be about as low-hanging fruit as the race argument. It's easy to just pick that off the tree and say, just get rid of the guns and then it won't be a problem. The reality is... Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you have a right to a firearm enshrined in the Constitution. And as a member of the larger union, that's afforded to you. Now, does that come with a cost? It absolutely does, because some people are going to use freedom for bad things. But to look at guns and say, well, guns are the problem. We got to get rid of that is to me. That's no that is in no way better or is 
no deeper of critical thinking than just looking and saying, oh, it's a black guy that shot him, so I guess we scared all the black guys, and that's, that's your problem right there. See, his name is Muhammad. This is Critical Thought, KNOX. Thirteen ten KNOX 107.9, FM. Welcome back. 1024-64 off daytime high, 76. We're talking about an officer that was killed in Fargo. Two others critically injured in a shooting that also left the suspect dead. My question to you at 775-5559, what's changed in our communities and how do we keep officers safe? So text messenger says this, where is a suspect from? You know what I find interesting? Those of you who, when we bring up topics of things like affirmative action and, you know, hate crimes and and all the rest of it, are quick to agree with me when I say things like the police chief, when he walks in and sits down with the DA and says, you know what we got to do? We need to charge somebody with a crime. What's the crime? Well, this guy shot this other guy in a baseball stadium. Oh, he did. Yeah. So uh, what are we going to charge him with? Well, we need some more information before we can charge him. What do you mean? Well, who shot him? What color was his skin? And uh, who was shot and what color was his skin or her skin? Actually, was it a transgender? We have, we have to know all of that before we can decide on the crime. Well, why? One person shot another person. It's clearly it's. Nope, nope, nope. See, it all depends. Depending on the color of your skin, you're, you're entitled to more protection. You might be entitled to more protection under the law. KNOX listeners, smartest listener in the world, no, no debating that. And you guys call in and you text and you email and everybody's on. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. No, it's ridiculous that we would make a decision based on race. Ridiculous. Absolutely foolish that 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 part of our society. We don't need we don't need affirmative action. We don't need any of these kind of laws because we're not racist at all. Everything is fine. And I'm staring at a page of text messages and have dealt with people that call in that say, well, if his name is this, or skin color is that, then what does that have to do with anything? I don't know where he's from. Frankly, I don't care where he's from. And he's dead now, so it matters even less. What I do care about is how he acted when he was alive. Again, regardless of where he's from. So if there's a discussion to be had around, hey, I don't like that the people that we bring in from over there act like this when we bring them over here. Well, that's a pretty poignant problem, and we can go address that in specific. But the idea, and this is the idea that this is, whether you realize it or not, this is the idea that you are putting forth. If you came from the wrong country, your skin is the wrong color, or your name is too weird sounding, then you're a danger. And that's a problem. And that's that's the root cause of this issue. We need to fix that. 
And that I outright reject. That is racist. And so if you're playing into that, you can say, well, I have, you know, I have, I have friends that are this color. I walk by these people and I, I can walk by a black man in a mall and I don't get hot and bothered. That doesn't make you racist. That isn't the problem. And that doesn't alleviate the problem. Where the problem is, is when you see a situation, something that happened, and you immediately jump to, ah, you know what the root cause is? It's those people because they are different than we are. And all, instantly there is a separation. Maybe it's subconscious. Maybe you don't even re recognize that we're doing it, but we're doing that. Now, when I ask what has changed, you could absolutely say, you can abs it's absolutely a valid answer to say one of the things that's changed, Noah, we are not strict enough on immigration. When we bring people into this country, we should know that they understand the language, understand the cultural expectations, and have the ability to succeed so that they're not overcome with frustration, so that they don't resort to violence because there are absolutely places in the world where education is not prolific. That leads to an increased frustration because you don't understand how the world works around you and you don't understand how to solve your own problems. And if you marry that with violence, that absolutely has a negative outcome. So if you take that and bring that into this country, you absolutely wind up with a problem. You can get there, but you have to prove all of those things along the way and you have to be able to recognize that A, all of those problems are solvable if we're willing to invest in solving those problems. B, the answer isn't just to say, those people over there can't come over into my sandbox because I like my people. That's racist. We'll head over to the KNOX newsroom, get the latest from Doug Barrett. Continue next. This is Critical Thought. KNOX. It's 1033 this morning. Doug Barrett, this radio, 1310 KNOX, KNOXradio.com. Okay, Doug, I, I thought carefully how I want to phrase this question to you. Yeah. Have you seen anything? It doesn't involve any opinions. It's just fact. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen anything from out of your own newsroom or any other newsroom that indicates as to what this man's motivations were? No. Okay. So there's nobody reporting or has any more information than what we have out of the KNOX newsroom currently. I yeah, I'm I'm not aware of uh, any changes or speculation what could happen, but uh, police have not released anything uh, official yet. So uh, you know whether people are and I haven't had a chance to listen to all of your your show this morning doing some other things, but if some somebody is suggesting it was this or it was that, um, unless they have a personal in with the police department that leaked it to them, I, I would say speculation. It's speculation at this point, yeah. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it. That's what I needed. All right, we'll catch up with you again at 11.02. See ya.
News Radio 1310 KNOX 107.9, 103.3 FM. Welcome back. It is 1040-65 out daytime. High today is 76. We're talking about the Fargo police officer that was killed. Two others critically injured as well as a bystander shot on a busy Fargo street. Police say that a civilian was injured in the shooting just before 3 p.m. Friday near the intersection of 25th Street and 9th Avenue South. Witnesses say that a man opened fire at police officers before other officers shot him. He and the other officers responded to what the police are describing as a routine crash response. My question at 775-5559, what changed in our society? Why is this becoming more prevalent? And then how do we keep our officers safe? Because if we don't, eventually there's going to come a day where you're going to pick up the phone and you're going to call the magic number and nobody's going to be there. Nobody's going to be there. Nobody's going to show up to help. And if you want to take it one step further than that, we're going to get into this into the third hour. Eventually, it may be a robot showing up to help. I was talking with another colleague this morning about this, and he said, you know, maybe it'd be safer if police just approached everybody with guns. Just take the gun, gun drawn, we walk up to you. We've lived in this country for you know, decades now under the idea that when you get pulled over between by a law enforcement office, you pull out your driver's license, you pull out your registration, this, that, and the other. And we all know the drill, right? We've all been pulled over at one point or another. Some of us, like myself, have been pulled over more others than others. So if you know the drill and you know what's expected of you, maybe they just start walking up and, and assuming that you're dangerous until you pr- prove otherwise, until you prove that you're not. 775-5559 text messenger says it's not about race at all. It's about culture. So here's the thing. I accept that argument. That part is valid, right? And if people were calling this program and saying, you know what the problem is, Noah, the problem is we're in, we're importing violent culture. And so here's what to do about that. We do either, we, you know, send, you know, we sit down and, and do education or we do, you know, uh, you know, some sort of a welcoming, Hey, when you're coming into the U S here's how we do whatever it is. Fine. I can accept that there there are cultural differences. Absolutely, I can. But the problem is we seem to skip right over that. We land right on somebody's last name or land on their skin color. Text messenger says at 775-5559, you know, you know that if it was a white guy, his picture would be on every newscast because he's a racist gun toting Republican. So here to your point. Why aren't we digging into his motivation? When there's a school shooting, or actually, really, when there's any mass shooting ever, within 24 hours, I'm lucky if if the, the, the shooting happens and the next day, before I go on the air, oftentimes there's every major news source under, under the sun has written an article and they've dug into sh- social media posts, they've dug into motivation, they've interviewed friends, they've interviewed families, I mean, you name it. They know what that person is. And I've said numerous times on this program, and I'll say it again. I think it's one of the most disgusting things about mass shootings is that we give, we drive so much attention to those things and to the motivations that if you have an objection with the world, if you're upset about something, one way you can guarantee people will care, people will dig into what you think and what you say, go do something despicable. And then everybody will talk about it and people will sit around and discuss it. For days on end. And your message will absolutely get out there. 
why is that not happening in this case? Why does nobody care? Or why have they not been able to uncover anything? You know, maybe it's just he was a very quiet guy. I mean, they interviewed his neighbors and his neighbors said things like, you know, he didn't really talk much. He sat in the elevator and and they didn't really talk. Part of me as a massive introvert myself goes, well, I wouldn't talk to you either if I was in an elevator. I don't want to have a conversation with you. I want to get from the top floor to the bottom floor. That's why I'm in the elevator. I'm not there to have a conversation with you. You're not my friend. We don't know each other. So there's the antisocial part of me that kind of that can kind of relate there. But why is nobody digging into that? Now, I'm asking you at 775-5559, what's changed in our society? What is the difference between what was 30, 40, 50 years ago and now? How is it in North Dakota, the, one of the lowest crime places on planet Earth, a law enforcement officer can't respond to a traffic incident, a car crash, who, if callers to this program are to be believed, had nothing to do with the car crash, and opens fire on police officers, killing one of them. For what? 775-5559. Text message says, what's changed? People immigrating here don't assimilate to our culture anymore. Society has become a place where the world needs to change for me and not me needing to change to fit into the rest of the world. I would draw our attention back to a call early on in the hour where somebody said, a lot of the crimes that he sees as a criminal defense attorney come from people with a low IQ. That rings true to me because those are the people that are going to have a difficult time overriding emotions with logical and rational thought. Thinking through a situation going, no, I don't want to wind up on death row. No, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in prison. So this problem, be it I was in a car accident, I witnessed a car accident. I'm frustrated because I can't get home on time. I'm frustrated because I think the police are coming here to harass me. Whatever the answer is, whatever that answer is, and I don't even have to know what that answer is to know, the answer isn't pull a rifle out and start shooting. But again, why do you have the gun? Why do you have a rifle? And I mean, not that I'm not that I'm I'm picking on people that drive around with rifles. I mean, I in 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 high school and very long thereafter, I had a rifle rack in the back of my truck. So I'm not, I get it, but at the same time, who pulls over on the side of the road, takes a rifle out, and starts shooting at police officers? Text messenger says, Sheriff of Cass County just stated, Fargo Chief of Police was an international peace conference at the time of the shooting. You just fell off your soapbox blaming the victim again. I'm I'm certainly not, if if, if anything I said alludes to the idea that I'm I'm blaming uh, the 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 officer that was shot or anybody that was shot uh, you're you've misunderstood not what I'm saying at all not what I'm saying at all text message says it was a planned ambush so one has to wonder right if you're sitting in traffic and if you looked at the pictures and you looked at some of the video news reporting lots and lots of traffic backed up now Admittedly, once a shooting starts, I mean, you would kind of expect that to a degree, right? But all of that traffic backed up and all of what's happening does lead you to wonder, was there something else? Did he want to be in that place at that time? 775-5559, other than his driver's license picture, why do we assume 
the police or press have a picture to print. The caller who just said he's the last racist person he wants to know wants to know what the race of the shooter isn't the least bit racist. So, yeah, so that kind of circles back to what I was saying earlier. So it's one thing to say, hey, I think that justice large part should be colorblind. And I would agree with that. Said this on that program and I would absolutely stand by it. I don't have to know what the color of your skin is. I don't have to know what your name is. I don't have to know what your nationality is. I don't have to know what your belief system is. All I have to know is what actions you took and how it impacted somebody else. And from that, I can determine if or if not, you're guilty of a crime. And so if you're born in, I don't know, Kalamazoo, Michigan, or you're born in, you know, Africa, it doesn't matter. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Yeah, Noah, just double-dipping a little bit to, to clarify. I was talking about culture. where the, okay. I asked where they were from, meaning culture. I, race really has nothing to do with it. You can take a, a regular uh, white person, for instance, since that's a neutral one to pick. Sadly enough, it is. Mm-hmm. And, and place them somewhere at, as a young infant in a country that's war-torn, where... where uh, terrible things go down every day, that person's not going to grow up normal. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with race, but I was speaking more on culture. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. And tr- truthfully, I think there is validity in that, right? If you grow up and the answer to I don't have food is what well, you walk down there. Well, if you walk down there, that guy might try to kill you. So you defend yourself against that guy so that you can get food so that you have the opportunity to walk five miles and go replenish your water supply. I can understand the culture shock of coming to a suburban city and all of a sudden now there are new there there are similar frustrations that you faced in the past but there's a different cultural expectation as to how you're you're to go about dealing with those things. There I think there is there's some validity there. But again, without knowing all of his background, even that is is difficult to say, isn't it? Yes, but before I let you go, one thing I will say is that even happens in America, too. A lot of these people mm-hmm. go up and they shoot up a school. My number one question is, first of all, the parents, meaning how was the kid raised? What was their upbringing, their, their environment? That I ask that question, too. So it's got nothing to do with race at all. It's about what you grew up around and, and what the culture of the environment is. Not culture meaning like uh, ethnic background. I'm talking about culture as in what were you around when you were in those years of vulnerability. So thank you. Well you said. have a wonderful day. Noah, awesome show. You too. I appreciate the call. 775-5559, number two. Join us. You can call. You can text. You can email live at knoxradio.com. What, what is this country coming to if nobody wants to be a police officer? If it's going to be all of a war zone? That's from a text messenger. So here, here's what it's going to come to. It's going to come to robots. Eventually, we're going to hit a point where people are going to be unwilling to do the job we're asking them to do. You look at you look at what has happened and you look at what continues to happen more and more, even before the shooting. There was a continual decline of the respect of the badge that used to mean something. We have gotten to a point where we have tried to shift the paradigm so it's no longer a function of. We ask law enforcement officers to do an incredibly difficult job, a terribly difficult job. And sometimes doing that terrible, difficult job means that things get dirty and messy. And we're very uncomfortable with that because it breaks all sorts of boundaries for us. And so as we've tried to, and I'm going to use 
the vernacular that's been given to me, hold them to a higher standard. What you're finding is that idea of holding people accountable means largely putting people in jail for long periods of time. And as we learned this weekend, dying. So what happens when they start saying no? 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Yeah, why do you think the cops have such a bad reputation now that so many people uh, don't respect them? Hmm. Think they earn the hate? Yeah, I think there's certainly a part of it, right? I think people, I think large, in large part, people don't like being told what to do. I think people also want to be treated with respect. So when you have incidents that are highly publicized of police officers kneeling on people's necks and and stuff like that, I do absolutely think there's a level of accountability that comes back to the police officers. Well, then the thing too is police officers don't like to hear the word no. So uh, their egos take over and the next thing you know, Uh, They're violating somebody's rights because I think the term disorderly conduct needs to be eliminated because all you got to do is raise your voice just a little bit to a cop and now you're in handcuffs for disorderly conduct. Mm. I think that's a catch-all for uh, when they have nothing else to charge you with. They they rile you up enough by by acting like jackasses until... You raise your voice at them. Now they got you. That's so, a great point. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate your call. That's an excellent point. So you have somebody who starts at the position of authority, has the ability to ultimately take away your freedom, accuses you of something or gets into a discussion. And of course, the idea there is to be friendly and opening and all the rest of it. But as soon as you say something that hangs yourself or starts to, then they have all the power in the world to take away your freedom. There's, there's good, some good thoughts in there. Text messenger says this. Things like this happen because we've taken God out of our culture. I would agree with that to an extent. I think, I think there are plenty of people that are good, awesome human beings that have uh, no religion. I also think there are plenty of people that claim to be a follower of Christ and are terrible, despicable human beings. So I, th- I, th- I think that that pendulum swings both ways. But largely, you're right, to a degree, once we separate ourselves from absolute truth, once we separate ourselves from here is what's right and here is what's moral and say, well, it's all really kind of subjective, whatever you think and whatever I think, and it does. It gets really messy really quick. Text messenger says this, problem statement, Democrats, liberals, communists, defunding the police. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, if d- defending the police is, or defunding the police is, is not an answer for anything. Text messenger says it was an ambush. It was planned. I'll take things that never happened for $3. Another text messenger says, I choose to support the blue. Never had any officer try to take away my freedom. Okay, so I, they, so Follow me on this, right? We have rights in this country. You have the right to the First Amendment, so you can say whatever you want. You have the right to a Fourth Amendment right to privacy. You have the Second Amendment right to carry a gun. So let's just take those three and put them in a box for a second. You're driving down the street. You absolutely have the right to have guns piled up in your trunk, in the back seat, in the in the passenger side, on the headliners, hanging up in racks along the side, right? It's your right. It's your freedom. 
you also absolutely have the right to privacy, meaning the officer can't search any further than what you allow them to do unless they have probable cause. And oh, by the way, exercising one of your rights is not prima facie evidence of a crime and thereby surrendering your Fourth Amendment rights. So you get pulled over and you can barely see out of your vehicle because guns are piled so high. Technically, there's nothing wrong there, right? And yet, we are also equally incensed when somebody takes a gun and does something wrong. And like the second text message I got this morning, I'm on the air for 10 minutes talking about this, not even. And the second message that comes into my computer is somebody saying, now, you know what the problem is? It's gun control. If we didn't have guns, that wouldn't be a problem. But this guy had access to guns, comes out there, shoots a police officer. It's terrible. If we just got rid of the guns, problem would go away. You can't have it both ways, right? To some degree, I think we have to be willing to accept that, yes, you have the right to firearms. Yes, you have the right to privacy. Yes, you have. But when you tell people, and we do tell people, hey, you have these rights, and nobody can take them away from you. Not even a law enforcement officer can deprive you of these rights. And so it's important to stand up, right? There's whole YouTube channels of people, quote unquote, standing up for their rights. And so a police officer asks them to do something and they get on a high horse. And the videos range in reaction from officers that have a chuckle and go, okay, this guy, he's the, he's the wise guy. He's he uh, part-time lawyers, what this guy is. And they just, they move on. Okay. Probably not a bad approach. Then you have the police officers that kind of push back. If they know that they're on YouTube or they know they're getting filmed, they'd be wise to, to walk it back. Some of them don't. It ends up going to court often. And sometimes the person comes out in, in the, in the right. And the judge looks over and goes, yeah, you know what? He was depriving us right. Well, he was harassing him, this, that, or the other. But at some point you have to be willing to look up and say, okay, so here's the deal. We have the right to carry a firearm. So we're giving that right to everybody, including all of the people that are born crazy. Nobody gets a sanity card. So we don't have like an approval process to say, here's where you're now okay to carry a gun. We don't want that because any of that would be a violation of the Second Amendment. So if you're going to allow, by the very nature of somebody being born, to have access to firearms, people are going to do stupid things with them every once in a while. And that's just a cost of freedom. This is Critical Thought. I'm KNOX. Thanks for listening to Critical Thought. Download the show notes at criticalthought.show. The content from this episode was taken from the live radio show, which airs every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon on Newstalk 1310 KNOX, streamed online at knoxradio.com.